big, huge issue with this entire industry is it's unregulated and people can say and do whatever they want. I, I would like to ask, don't start confusing me. Um, to not, don't start confusing me, don't start confusing my friends and my family um, by starting to bring in, starting to make allowances um, for these, these other brands who are starting to kind of jump on the green beauty bandwagon. Hello, and welcome to The Green Universe. This is a podcast about green beauty, the makers, the lovers, and everything in the universe. I'm Victoria Fantuzzi, your host, and we're keeping it real, exciting, and fully transparent just for you. Today we are debuting episode two. Very excited about that. We will be talking to a Green Beauty customer, a real true fan, a pioneering skincare brand founder, and one of the top green online retailers around. We're going to get really gritty on this episode about conscious marketing and separating fact from fiction because there's a lot of misunderstanding about green beauty out there. So we want to clear that up for you. And we also have a couple of special announcements from Green Beauty Brand, so take notes. You will not want to miss this episode. Hi, listeners. I am so excited today because we are at Catherine's home in New York City, and I'm going to let her introduce herself to you. Hi. This is Catherine LaRoe, and I am the founder of Kahina Giving Beauty. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, Catherine, I don't think I've ever told this to you before, that you were one of the first brands that inspired us to launch our brand. And at the time when we started our little brand, there was, the, there was just nothing as beautiful as your brand. And so we, we thought, we want to be like that brand. We loved your message, your packaging, everything. And I want our listeners to learn more about you, what you've done from the very beginning till now. So I want to talk about that with you. Well, first of all, thank you so much. That means a lot to think that when I started this, just importing argon oil 10 years ago, that I could have had something to do with the, you know, the evolution of green beauty that, you know, that you you continued and that we could have had, you know, in our way, push the first domino. In case someone doesn't know um, about Kahina giving beauty, can you tell our listeners, like, what even inspired you to create this brand and to do it with such integrity and authenticity? Like, how did you even know to, to do this? I, I didn't, <laughs> but 10 years ago, I happened more than 10 years ago, I happened to take a vacation in Morocco. And at that time I was looking for a skincare that was natural and effective and that was beautifully packaged to rival the department store brands that I've been using. And I just wasn't really finding it and uh, things that were really working for me in, and I was using high end skincare brands from, mm-hmm. you know, well-known companies, Um, but they just weren't doing it for me. And so when I went to Morocco, I discovered 
pure argan oil. And at that time, argan oil wasn't known in the U.S. And I had never used oil on my face before. And the whole idea was very (laughs) foreign to me. But um, I was without my skincare, which had been confiscated at the airport on my way to Morocco. And I had nothing. And of course, Morocco in the desert, it's very dry. And I was desperate. And so I asked my guide what the women in Morocco use. And he told me about argan oil. And so I tried it. And at the time, also, the other thing I was responding to was all this confusion of in the multiple products and on shelves and very confusing messaging around them. And I just really love this idea of something that was so simple and so pure and organic and properly made. And um, when I discovered more about argan oil, it was um, really moving to me when I learned that only these Berber women of Morocco, who are the impoverished um, indigenous people who mostly live in rural communities out in Morocco, very poor, that they do this work of extracting the argan oil from the nut of the fruit. So you found that out when you were when you were traveling. My first like you, trip. you found yeah. out about argan oil. You'd not heard about it before. That this is what these women were using for their own skin care, and that they were also making it themselves. Yes, these this one the the indigenous people there were making the argan oil. And um, so from there, I just became very entranced by their story and who they were. And so I made numerous subsequent trips to Morocco to figure out everything I could learn, everything I could about these women, what makes good argan oil, how they live and how this impacts their life. And that became really, that was so inspiring to me that that became the cornerstone of the brand. And that's amazing because... You were inspired. You created this amazing line that then went on to inspire all of these other brands. So it's so connected. How did you know? I mean, I, it must have been so incredible to to connect with the women that were were extracting the argan oil, and then to to say part of what I want to do is give back to them. How did you incorporate that as? You, you know, part of your brand, your messaging, your, your marketing. How did you even know how to do that? Like what inspired you? I didn't know how to do any of this, but at the time, 10 years ago, there was a shift in the way companies were working. Socially conscious companies were coming, coming about. Tom's Shoes was one. Yes, I like that story. And I had always, I had, in a previous life, I had done public relations for a lot of really good companies. And one of them was Odwalla Fresh Juice. And I got a lot of inspiration by this company that, you know, cared, put its customers first and foremost, and quality of ingredients, and just did things right. And I became connected to a lot of socially conscious companies. And I just wanted to do things right. When I met these women, I was so inspired by them and really, really moved and excited. I mean, it was a tremendously exciting time, spending a lot of time in Morocco, in these rural communities, uh, villages where they're primarily women. And I just realized a lot of people were talking about falsely labeling their skincare as organic. And organic was just a term that was being thrown around very loosely. And I said, you know what? I'm going to have organic, I'm going to have the best ingredients, but my message is really going to be bigger than that. It's about the women. It's about helping these women because that to me is, um, 
was very important. And also I thought it would be a way to kind of give greater meaning to this, these routines that we do every day and <clears throat> connect women here to connect to women of an entirely different socioeconomic group, um, but in a beautiful way, in a, in a, in a very, you know, emo deep emotional way. That was my, that was my desire of doing this. Yes. And it, and it, I mean, it definitely worked. How, how did the Berber women that you were working with, how did they feel when you said, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm also going to give back to you. Was that like well, a that, novel idea yeah. for them? Or did, did they even understand like what the whole process was? No, no, nobody was going to, and Morocco doesn't really operate that way either. So okay. it was unheard of for anybody to go and say, I'm going to buy your, buy okay. your product. And then I want to give you more money. So I was also very naive, idealistic American at the time, <laughs> thinking that, be, that there were a lot of programs for me to give back to. And um, in, in many ways, it made me a target in Morocco. So I really, well, because I was... Because then people were pitching the people. Okay. Money, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So it was a challenge, first of all, to find a good you know, organization because the, the people would say, okay, just give me extra money and that'll be fine. And it was like, no, I'm going to pay you fair wages for your product, for the oil. And then on top of that, I want to, <clears throat> I want to work with you to de de determine programs that are going to help your community. You know? So um, I have worked directly with the women to, you know, to de determine what the best programs are. They tell me one year they wanted, each woman in the village wanted her own sheep so she <laughs> okay. could have the wool for weaving. And so we went and we bought 100 sheep and distributed to the That's women amazing. of the village. Wow. They wove rugs and we purchased the rugs. It's amazing that you've been able to do that from day one to now and continue to give back and rely on that community to grow your brand. Well, thank you. I, you know, you, I, I recognize that I, I also get so much from them. You know, Kahina is the name of a Berber queen in Proftis. The artwork on the packaging is their signatures. So we wouldn't just exploit that. Right. You know, it's really, really important that we do what we set out to do. And it is challenging sometimes as you're growing a business to continue to, you know, set aside those funds, but we wouldn't be anything without that. Right. Absolutely. And that, that's what your brand stands for. And that's what people have known, well, have come to, to, to rely on and to know your brand. So your, your brand new cleanser, which is beautiful, gorgeous to look at as well, um, won an award from A Night for Green Beauty. And it's exciting because it's a brand new product. It's, it, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to look at. How do you, when you, when you're launching something new like this, how do you say, I need this product to now connect with new customers and retailers? How do you do that? It's always terrifying. I, it's, I especially remember when we launched because so much goes into the creation of this product. You invest so much of yourself in it. And With then every of, new product, we want new we product. want listeners to understand that it, it's like yeah. having a baby. 
<laughs> baby. I don't know. I haven't had a baby. But every time you launch a new product, it's like you're putting out your baby, your baby yes. out into the and world. For, for yes. us, it takes two years to develop <laughs> and then test wow. and then get through all the regulatory hurdles and then put it on the market. Is Kahina so, EU certified? Yes. Okay. So yeah. that's a, that's another. Yeah. So we yeah. can't we can't release until it's gone through that whole process. Right. So, but the my real. The excitement is in developing it. I love the creation of it. I love the creative side of this. So I often don't even think about how I'm going to launch it <laughs> until it's like, oh, yeah, here's this thing. I have to sell it now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Everybody has to try it. Yes. So um, how do we do that? I mean, you have. And, and how do you want to do it? Like, um, because you're, you know, you're so thoughtful about the whole process. How do you want, how do you want to do it? You know, you hope to have it all. It's, it's really just throwing as much out there as possible. So, you know, we do have our retailers and, you know, some of them are very loyal and they'll take every product and we hope that they'll also be an amplifier for our brand. Social media is key. I usually do some press outreach. Uh, we do something special for our own customers. You know, we have an email list now, so we'll always, you know, bring in our customers in special That's ways. That's amazing. Um, so it's it's just a three sixty, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's just so fascinating because you know, it, launching a new product is a scary thing, and and you want to connect it to the right customer and new customers and I think your brand does that so well I'm so glad and Thank and the part that. of you know like the giving back like that's just that's yeah. a bonus to all of that and I really feel that there are a lot of customers that think they think about those those type of things when they're making a purchase that it's not always just oh it's a new you know product it's everything it's the packaging is it biodegradable is this compostable it does this brand I, I want to like we actually had a customer say I want to like the brand I want to mm -hmm. know that they're doing good in the world and your brand I think does that's that really important yeah now, more and more and but thank you so much hi I'm Julie Longyear the founder and herbal chemist for Blasoma Every day, I help people discover that they can solve persistent skin problems with our nutritious, organic, herbal skincare. Our recipes are thoughtfully designed to provide smart solutions for sensitivities, breakouts, irritation, and more, plus providing a gorgeous, youthful radiance that everyone will notice. We do it all with gentle, sustainable ingredients your skin will love to drink up each day. You can reach out to me and my staff for a detailed skin consultation that will address your unique needs and provide a routine that will be successful for you. The right botanical ingredients can really work wonders. Right now, you can use code ANFGB15 to also get 15% off your first order from blissoma.com to help you reach your skin goals starting today. We can't wait to help you discover beauty through health. Hi, Michael. Hello, Victoria. How are you? I am doing well for not bad for Friday. <laughs> it's Friday. We all made yeah. it to Friday. Uh, I want to introduce you to our listeners because this is actually a very unique position that we're in. It's not very often that many brand founders get to know a customer the way we've uh, been able to know you what was what would you say 
was one of the most revealing things that you experienced about Queen Beauty as a customer. And you and you started to really learn about this when you attended Night for Green Beauty and were speaking with other brand founders? Is, I, I think yeah, so. Natural products and green beauty, how did that change for you? Oh, gosh, I, you know, to be honest, it, I really think that it increased my passion because, you know, once you meet, you know, the person behind your favorite serum or body oil or, um, you know, shampoo, it's, you know, I, I said this before to other people that it, it, it changes it from simply an act of, you know, conscious consumerism to being more like a relationship. It, it matters to me the kind of person that is behind the brand. Sure. Um, I like knowing, you know, that I've, that I've met this person and that, that I can say that they are an ethical business owner, that, you know, that they play nicely with others, that they're not just creating, you know, effective, clean, green beauty but they themselves, you know, are also kind of living up to that that standard of purity. You know, I guess um, beauty on the inside as well as the outside. This podcast is about conscious marketing because <laughs> when you do have a brand, you have all these people, you know, giving you advice on how to market your brand. This is a different niche market. <laughs> now, you know, it's more mainstream. How do you get turned on to new products when a brand, and let's say it's even a brand like ours, some a brand you're very familiar with, um, or a Malenstrom or or, you know, or Kahina, when they're about to launch something new, how are you connected to that? Do you just say, "Hey, I it's Kahina. I trust that brand. I'm just going to buy that," or is there something else that triggers? Uh, excitement what what do you do uh, that is a good question well like I said before you know Instagram is definitely a wonderful resource because you know I do know that a lot of these small green beauty brands a lot of them run their own Instagram page themselves um, so that in itself is kind of a good way because you know it's their product they should be excited about it they're you know they're telling you about it um, those green beauty bloggers are also really great. I've got, you know, one or two that, um, I do follow and that, you know, I appreciate their, you know, feedback and opinion on things. Um, you know, cause that's kind of what they do. They, they check out the latest and greatest of, you know, all things green beauty. Um, you know, and then I've got, you know, certain retailers, uh, trusted retailers, um, I will say that, you know, if it's a product coming out from a certain brand, um, especially if it's a, a Night for Green Beauty brand, I do kind of tend to trust them. You know, I, I don't really I don't really question or second guess what is in, you know, their products. Um, but, you know, the the green beauter, the green beauty bloggers, I kind of tend to take. I don't know. I don't want to. Um, underscore what they do or anything because I, I think what they do is, is really important but I do kind of have learned to sort of take some of what they say with and recommend with a grain of salt um, and make sure that I don't immediately go out and buy something just because 
they say it's great okay. um, because. So are you saying that you trust the brand more and maybe because yes. you're familiar with them and so you trust them more so you tend to listen, you're, 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 you're picking up information from a brand rather than all these other factors, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. but specific brands only. Not, I'm not that way with, you know, not all brands, but, you know, to be honest, I kind of really only follow the specific brands that I really trust. So, okay. yes. What what would make you trust uh, maybe a new brand that you haven't heard of before? What what would you need to do in order to say, I trust this brand and I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna buy a product and, and see how it goes. Gosh, um, I don't know because you know it's I would well I, the last time I've actually tried a new brand from somebody that I've never heard of before was just recently here on the night for Green Beauty. You know, it was because of the event, and I know that what took place leading up to that, I know, you know, I know about the vetting process, um, you know, the fact that they, all of them had to submit their, their ingredient lists, um, because to be honest, I don't really venture out too often, you know, once I find something that I really, really like that works for me and is effective, and I've done at least to the best of my ability to verify that the ingredients in it are safe, I don't tend to veer away from that too much. Saint is quickly becoming the go-to non-toxic makeup brand, promising results you've come to expect from high-end makeup. Saint's plant-based skincare makeup is cruelty, gluten, and fragrance-free, designed for light to dark skin tones. An award-winning and a Night for Green Beauty approved brand, Saint strives to empower makeup wearers with innovative formulations in all its product categories. Made with food-grade EcoCert certified ingredients like vitamin C-rich cockadoo plum, anti-aging rosehip oil and skin nourishing aloe vera. Saint is a non-toxic makeup collection designed without compromise on wearability, health, or product performance. Hi Mark. Hi Victoria, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Doing great. Good, good. Um, I want to introduce you to our listeners and we want to hear a little bit more about your story. Um, you and your wife, Terry, are co-owners and founders of Integrity Botanicals. Tell us a little bit more about Integrity and how you started and what you do exactly. Yeah, so uh, we're a uh, strictly online green beauty retailer. Um, you know, Integrity Botanicals is a really small family-owned business at the time um you know green beauty was at a very you know different stage than it is now it was sort of in its <laughs> infancy it was very very much um you know more of the uh what people considered like the granola brands things that sold at small health food stores um it, it hadn't evolved into uh you know more high-end luxury products like it like it has now and terry and i were spending a lot of money um testing out all different products and um you know we had a uh, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of difficulties finding effective products at the time and uh you know terry terry had said to me that uh, you know she wished that there was a store uh where somebody actually vetted all the products to make sure that they were effective um so you weren't 
you weren't wasting a lot of uh, money on products that didn't work for you. Are there certain ingredients that you are definite, definite know about that you, you know you're not even going to t test the product because of some of the ingredients that might be listed in, in the product? Yeah, kind of the, the, the um, well, I, I would say the products that are the, the ingredients that fall into the sort of gray area in clean beauty or green beauty, um, like phenoxyethanol, uh, dimethicone, um, artificial colorings or fragrance, those are all hard nose for us. Um, so I think um, that's something that differentiates us from maybe, you know, uh, not maybe, but I would say from, from most of our competitors, I think, especially uh, phenoxyethanol and dimethicone. Um, I mean, even, yeah, definitely even artificial colorings because, you know, a lot of the uh, cleaner uh, makeup lines that are out there, even though, um, even though they're, 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 you know, I would say 90, they're 90, 99% natural or 99% uh, clean. Um, there's certain color ranges that are, are very difficult to achieve without using artificial coloring. So uh, anything that's like a, a, a yellow or an orange, um, it really requires them using yellow number five, which um, ultimately it's, it's, it's a byproduct of coal tar distillate. So I don't think it really falls. <laughs> doesn't really fall in the parameters of green beauty no. uh, on our standards. So we've kind of made made the decision to uh, you know avoid uh, selling that in our store. Um, yeah, this you know this is a this is an interesting topic because um, I just read um, a blogger posted something about you know phenoxyethanol and you know that she was kind of on the fence about it. But when you think about it, if you're into green beauty or even clean beauty it's not something to be on the fence about it's a synthetic germicidal um, <laughs> ingredient and um, and it just it doesn't have any business in the green beauty category we've noticed that there are some brands and you, you, you believe that they're a brand they look like a brand and actually you know they're they became a brand because they're buying pre made base formulas and they're adding to that and recently i've been targeted on my instagram by a company that this is what they do and they <laughs> they, they they target people and they say hey would you like to have a brand all you have to do is you know create a, a custom label we'll make we, we make the pre-made base formulas and you add to that and i I'm worried, I'm concerned that there's this misconception that this is, that this can be considered green beauty or clean beauty or, you know, indie beauty. I feel like that's a little bit deceitful. No, I think that's really deceitful and customers want to know about that. So how do you bring brands in that are authentic? I think for us, when we're selecting, um, when we're selecting new brands, um, we're, we're, we're really looking for, um, products that are filling gaps in our product assortment, um, or we're looking for something that's at this point is really um, new and innovative, or uh, someone who's taking an existing concept and really, um, really taking it to their next level. Well, let me ask you 
because I, I'm curious about this. Uh, you guys sell online and you sell internationally as well. We know a lot of inter our international fans talk about integrity. They love your customer service. There's so many different things. Do you feel that there's a difference between the um, green beauty customer in the U.S. and other parts of the world? I think there is. And um, I would say the biggest difference that I notice between U.S. consumers and consumers in other parts of the world, um, especially in, in Europe and in Asia, um, is that European and Asian clientele are a lot more interested in high-end body care products than in the United States. I find that in the U.S., um, you know, a lot of customers are willing to spend, you know, whatever it is, uh, $150 or $200 on on a face oil or, or, a, uh, or a moisturizer. But when it comes to buying a body cream or a body oil, it's like they only want to spend... Thirty dollars. I feel like <laughs> I feel like body care in the in the United States is is a it's it's more of an it's more of an afterthought. Uh, whereas um, that's interesting. Definitely, that's yeah, psych that's it, psychologically interesting. Don't you think? Yeah, that that could be also part lifestyle. You know, like I think we don't take time for to care for our like our, our whole selves. Like we don't. You know, we're always in a hurry and we don't take baths and we don't relax or I hear a lot of friends say I never take I never have a bath I never take baths I don't have time for that but it's some you have to make the time sometimes because it's it's soothing to relax and to unwind and I think maybe that could be one of the reasons that yeah. that's a you know that's a factor in the yeah. personal care products um well Mark, it was great to talk to you thank you so much we look forward to all the new things you have going on. Thank you for having me. La Bella Figura is a results-driven skincare line, harvesting the finest ingredients from the farthest reaches of the world. All of our formulas are original, innovative, and expertly crafted in our Chicago-based green lab. At La Bella Figura, we believe ingredients matter, and our standards for quality are incomparable. This podcast was produced by Amanda Florian in Chicago, Illinois. Thank you for tuning in and listening. The Anifer Green Beauty team is very excited to delve into interesting topics covering the vast world of green beauty. We look forward to bringing you more episodes soon. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast. Visit our website, anifergreenbeauty.com.